Today is November 13th, 2020. Welcome to the Unicorn Club Audio Journal Podcast. Come on in, cousins, and gather yourselves. I want to skip the introduction so that I do not lose my train of thought. I um, had prayer before I had gone to sleep last night, and um, first of all, let me backtrack a little bit. Welcome, cousins. God bless you, and I love you. So before I went to bed last night, I had prayer, and I had a little bit of meditation, and when I woke up this morning, I had an epiphany. So in the last few podcasts, I have been telling you guys that um, I have been having problems with the people that I am surrounded by, and these adults are, I call them childish adults and I call them that because they have adult temper tantrums instead of having childish temper tantrums so I noticed something about myself and people different people have different things that they like about me it depends on um, their perception their upbringing and what it is that they never got during their childhood that they still need during their adulthood. And they see it in me, and so they want it. And they pull on me. And multiple people pull on me at one time. The problem is that they do it in very dysfunctional ways as opposed to coming to me directly and saying, Hey, I need to spend some time with you today. Hey, I need to talk to you today. When are you free? Hey, I'm just calling, you know, just to be calling. I really don't want anything. They don't do that, which is the normal thing to do. Um, I'm going to use my elderly neighbor as an example. She's almost 90 years old. And when she wants my attention, she doesn't do it in a normal way which is just to simply call. What she does is she stomps and she sounds like a whale and she bangs around her walker and so forth and so on. And so when I, one day I tested her and I wanted to see what would she do if I ignored her and she had a complete meltdown for a couple of hours straight. I believe it was about four or five hours that I let her carry on. And then when I called her and I gave her my attention, she actually was satisfied and she stopped stomping around and and slamming around her walker. And that lasted for about two days. And then she needed my attention again. But what I noticed was that she realized by having a temper tantrum, she could get my attention. So she began to have more and more temper tantrums so that I can come to her. It's like a child who lays down on the floor and and kicks their legs and they squeeze out tears and they make themselves cry. And they'll lay there and they'll cry and kick their legs until mommy gets up and picks the baby up. Then the child stops crying. Right? I have another person who really craves my attention. And she doesn't just say that she wants my attention. She doesn't even find a way to say that she wants my attention. So her way of having 
a temper tantrum is her feelings are hurt. She's offended. It's tit for tat and petty. She gets mad at stupid things. Her temper tantrums are severe chastisements for hurting her feelings. For abandoning her. For making her feel like she's not worth it. And that has nothing to do with me. That has everything to do with her relationship with her mother. Her mother was a drug addict and a prostitute. And so her mother chose the drugs over her children. And that made the girl feel like she's not worth it. And so she she became an adult. She, You know, it made her feel like she's not worth it. She felt rejected. She felt abandoned. It hurt her feelings. When she needed to emotionally connect with her mother, her mother was not there because she was on drugs. And so now we got this adult who is crying out to emotionally connect with a woman that she admires the way that she really admires qualities about her mother, her biological mother. So when she doesn't get that connection, when she wants the connection and when she needs it, that's when her feelings are hurt and the severe chastisement comes in. She emotionally connects with people that don't even know that she emotionally connected with them. And she begins to hold them accountable for the picture that she created by fantasizing these pictures in her own mind. It's distorted. The picture is distorted. But it never dawns on her that the picture is distorted, or rather yet, one-sided. She never checks with the other person to see, do they want that emotional connection with her? But after we've been severely chastised and beaten by her emotionally and mentally, we don't want no emotional connection with her. She Emotionally, she can't be trusted. And it all boils down to what she never got with her biological mother. And so I get the brunt end of this emotional disconnection, right? There's a guy who, his mother, in my opinion, his mother should have, you know, gave him a spanking from time to time. And she did not. She coddled him. Even when he was too old to be coddled, she still coddled him. And she treated him like the baby. And then he became a, an adult, expecting women to coddle him and to treat him like the baby. And the way that he gets my attention is I could be busy doing something. I could be you know, taking my online course. I could be busy with my e-commerce store. I may need a moment to gather my own self, 
to meditate, to have my affirmations, to say my prayers. Maybe I just need a moment in silence. And so I'm not ready to interact at that moment. So the way that he gets my attention is to cry. Grown man crying. Why are you crying? Oh, I don't want the relationship to end. How did you come to that conclusion? All I needed was a moment to digress. I need a moment of silence. That was it. But for me, it's like emotional manipulation. So now I don't trust that he won't mentally think of a way to emotionally manipulate. I got a problem with that. People don't think about respecting somebody else's boundaries. The only thing they know is what they want and how can they get it from the person that they want it from. And so what happens with me is I get all these different people having a temper tantrum all at one time. And it really is not their fault. The problem is that they didn't get what they had needed when they were a child. A child needs to emotionally connect with the mother and be nurtured by the mother but have boundaries set, set as the child got older. A child needed to feel protected and supported by the father. The father has the masculine energy. The mother has the feminine energy. And I am surrounded by adults who one way or another and in some instances, both ways, did not get what they needed as a child. And God had created me to be a parental figure. So I have to bring these people to a place of, first of all, emotional healing, and secondly, emotional maturity. And it's hard for me to do that. When I don't understand or I don't, I'm not aware of what they did not get from their parent. The other thing is just because the person chose me, that don't mean that I choose them back. Some people come with a level of mental health illnesses that I'm not willing to take on. I don't want to. It's emotionally exhausting. It's, it frustrates me. I'm I, I'm ready to drag a bitch, to be honest with you, out of frustration. Because they don't know when to step back. They don't know when to get back. They don't know when to leave me alone. They don't know when to give me my space. They don't want to wait until I'm in a place where I can deal with them. They want it now. Just like a baby laying on the floor, kicking his legs and crying. I have another woman, she's in her 50s. She has a very tumultuous relationship with her daughter. I think it's disrespectful, dismissive, abusive, argumentative, detached, all these things. 
And she treats me the way that her and her daughter treat each other. And I had to say, listen, I don't disrespect you the way that your daughter disrespects you. I don't dismiss you the way that your daughter dismisses you. I don't treat you the way that your daughter treats you. I don't talk to you the way that your daughter talks to you. So why is it you're treating me as if I'm your daughter? And and, and it's this dysfunctional relationship that the two of you have. It's tumultuous. Why do you do that? And what was interesting is that she was aware that she was treating me the way that her and her daughter treat each other. But she didn't stop. I had to draw the line in the sand. So this is somebody that's craving to connect with their daughter, but not getting it. So she saw something in me that's in her daughter. And so she came to me looking for that connection. She knew that she was never going to get it with her daughter, but she also knew that she still craved it. But again, these people, they put these things on my plate and they do it all at one time. I find them to be a bit psychopathic because they never take me into consideration, meaning they don't think about whether I want to give them what they need. And they actually take my choice from me because they don't consult with me about it. They don't ask me anything. They just take it or try to. My problem is not using my voice and creating these boundaries with these childish adults. My problem is not speaking up and saying, hey, you don't get to disrespect me when I don't disrespect you. It's a two-way street. If I can dish out disrespect, then I can accept disrespect. But if I'm not disrespecting you, then don't disrespect me. If I'm not talking to you crazy, don't talk to me crazy. If I don't have displaced energy or anger towards you, you don't get to have displaced anger and energy towards me. Whatever it is that you didn't get from your mother or your father or your caretaker or both, that has nothing to do with me. Don't take that out on me. I've reached a place, cousins, where I don't even have empathy for these people. I have understanding because God has given me revelation, clarity, and insight. So I don't. I'm not penalizing them for doing what they do what they've done. I'm not judging them. I'm not holding it against them. I, I'm not holding a grudge towards them. I'm not mad at them. But they've been doing it for so long and I've been also to take accountability, I've been dismissive of their temper tantrums for a very long time as well. So I have to take accountability for my part as a woman and as an adult. But I also hold them accountable for their actions as well. And by me holding them accountable for their actions is where I say, 
this is my boundary. You don't get to do it anymore. And don't test me. Try Jesus. Don't try me. Because I fight. At this point, I'm ready to drag people. And I don't think that my friends should assume, oh, she won't drag me. No, you, you can get it too, honestly. Because some people understand a punch in the face. Other people, you could just say to them, stop it, and they stop. Some people think, oh, I got away with it, you know, once, twice, three times, the last year, two years, three years, and now you want to stop? I heard you, but I'm going to keep doing it because you don't do nothing. Again, that, that it becomes on me, and that's, this is where I can be ready to drag people and push them in their face. Again, they're being psychopaths and not taking me into consideration. They don't understand. They're not putting themselves in my shoes and saying, okay, she could be frustrated. What would I do if I was frustrated? They don't do that. So, there's a part of an article that I had read, um, and I want to read this part to you. And it reads... There is often a deficit in parents who are unable to meet the emotional and psychological needs of their child. In a sense, some emotionally void parents deserve sympathy as they are often emotionally burned adults who have no way of coping with their own emotional and psychological needs. As an adult, these kind of parents become one of the following. Rejecting, emotionally distant, immature, self-centered or narcissistic, or driven to succeed in life. These adults are not emotionally what their stated age says they are. They are suedo mature in many ways, which often pushes the child to become adult-like and emotionally independent before their time. The parent maintains negative patterns of behavior due to the lack of self-awareness, often affecting the child in more ways than one, while the child sinks further and further into despair. Sadly, these same kids develop into emotionally needy teens and adults who are longing for the love, security, and affection they never received. And this is what I'm dealing with, with these childish adults. They're childish in this manner. A traumatic experience happened to them. Let's say, for example, at the age of seven. And though they are 40 years old, married with children, they're still that seven-year-old. Because they weren't, according to this blog, emotionally and psychologically developed. 
Hence, part of the purpose of this blog. My purpose for this blog, one of my purposes for this blog, is to bring my cousins from a place of immaturity to a place of maturity. It is also a place where I can be completely transparent, completely myself, flaws and all. It is also a teaching platform where I teach many different things. I've taught about finances. I've taught about self-healing. I've taught about adulthood. I've taught about traumatic experiences, how you got there to begin with. I've taught about entrepreneurship. I've even talked about cooking, being natural, exercising, health and wellness. I've also talked about how to find the reason why you were born and what your purpose in life is. And as we go along, if you still don't know what it is, one day there's going to be an audio journal that's going to make you say, aha, that's it. That's my purpose in life. I say all the time in my intros, you are a leader. You are here to blaze a trail. You are a modern day salt of the earth, Jesus. You, as a leader, do not follow. Just like Jesus had disciples, you have disciples as well. My disciples are my cousins. And I, as I go along my path and my journey in life, and I'm always learning, I'm always maturing, I'm always growing, my hope is that my cousins will do the same thing. So I don't call you followers, not by a long shot. I call you guys cousins because anything, the oil, the Bible says the oil trickles down from the head to the body. The same spiritual blessed oil that I have, you have too. I, the only thing that I'm doing is I'm pointing it out to you. I'm getting you to realize it on your own. You have the oil of gladness. You have the oil of joy. You have the oil of healing. You have the oil of entrepreneurship. You have the oil of a spouse. You have the oil of author. You have, you know, the oil of finance, you have the oil of agriculture, you have the oil of innovation. Yes, there's nothing new under the sun. But what separates you from the crowd is that you, number one, you are a leader, and number two, you have your own character traits. You may have things in common with other people, but you are you. You cannot be duplicated 
or imitate it to an extent. There can be a carbon copy. That's why we have, you know, copies of vaccines. That that pattern can be duplicated when it comes to the DNA of our hair. That pattern can be duplicated. It is a carbon copy. But there's only one you. There's only you with your character traits. The reason why I don't network this podcast is because I know that everything that happens is by fate at the right Karyos moment. Everything and everyone is intertwined. So if you come across this podcast and we don't know each other, that was designed by God. It was meant to be. It was meant to be. It's not luck. It's fate. Sometimes we meet people that we've never seen before, and then they say something to us, and then we never see them again. That was fate. It was supposed to be. You were supposed to get that message. For those of us uh, in the Christian community, we often say that, you know, God will use a complete sinner. He is no respecter of persons. And he will use a complete sinner to get his word to you. Nothing will stop God's word from getting to you. So when you meet someone, this random person who says something to you, that was by fate. It wasn't chance. It wasn't luck. It was supposed to happen. So... I want to get back to the topic. You guys know that oftentimes I go off into a rabbit trail. Um, So I'm talking about childhood emotional neglect. And I think that I just found the topic of this podcast. Childhood emotional neglect. It affects adults. And we see that in children... They have their temper tantrum, however they do it. They may throw their toys. They may pout and keep quiet and don't speak to the parent. You know, they may cry. You know, they may pull the cat's tail. You know, whatever it is, however they have their temper tantrum. Adults do the same thing, but only it's in an an in an adult way. That's where we get the petty. That's where we get the tit for tat. That's where we get these adult chastisements. You know, that's when we get um, the mocking. You know, you say something to someone and they mock you. That's childish. That's because they didn't get the emotional attention and the psychological attention that they had needed when they were a child. So I say to you, what is it that you did not get from your parents spiritually, financially, mentally, and emotionally that you still need as an adult?
do you take that out on the people that you admire? Do you treat the people that you admire the same way that you treat your parents? Let's say for an example, your mother passed away, your father passed away. So you never got the opportunity to emotionally connect with your mother. Do you emotionally connect with women? Do you have a hard time emotionally connecting with women? Do you have a hard time emotionally trusting women? Do you feel like your mother abandoned you and left you on this earth to deal with things emotionally by yourself? Do you wish that? Do you feel sorrow like my mother is like, do you feel like, oh, my mother is gone? I never got a chance to emotionally connect with her. And I try to emotionally connect with women, but I feel rejected. I feel abandoned. My mother died. I felt like she rejected me and just left me. My mother died. I feel like she just left me and abandoned me. Do you take that out on women? I say to you that these women that you don't trust emotionally connecting with or you want to emotionally connect with them, but it's not reciprocated, I say to you that you cannot hold them accountable for what you did not get from your mother. Did your father leave? He did not protect you and support you? Were you molested or raped? as a child and felt like your father should have been there to protect you? Was your father not there, there to support you at your school play, cheerleading practice, double dutch competition, track meeting? And so you look for the men in your family to protect you and support you? You hold them accountable for that, and it's not <clears throat> reciprocated. Then you have your adult temper tantrum. I say to you, you cannot hold them accountable to give you what it is that you did not get from your biological father. You need to stop damaging these people that you admire. You are inadvertently, unbeknownst to you, damaging the person that you are holding accountable and responsible for giving you what it is that you want without their permission. You know how you didn't get their permission? You didn't have a conversation with them about, about it. You weren't transparent about your needs. You weren't transparent about what it is that you wanted. You weren't transparent about why you chose them. You hid it from them by not saying anything. You have to take accountability for that part that you play in the situation.
Oh, hush. <laughs> we all have belonging needs and a need to be loved. One of the things that we need to feel from our parents is loved. Using me as an example, I never got love from my mother. And I didn't get it from my father because he wasn't there. I've told you guys before and I'll say it again. I am a daddyless daughter. I've never even seen my mother give love to any of my siblings. I've never seen my mother show love to her friends and her family members. I thought that there was a chemical missing within her that she could not express love. I thought she was born that way. Then she gets with uh, her husband now, who is not my father. And I remember in the beginning of their relationship, I saw her show him love. I was hurt. I was angry. And I was jealous that he got that one thing from her that I never got. It took a psychotherapist to tell me that I never will get it and to let it go and to move on. But I wasn't understanding what the psychotherapist had told me. And so I held on for a couple of years until this year when I learned how to let go. I learned how to let go from the death of my uncle, my favorite uncle. Let me tell you how you let go. Face the situation for what it is. Tell the truth to yourself. Acknowledge it. Feel it. Be in that moment. And then take the time that you need to emotionally detach from it. When you're emotionally attached to a situation, it hurts you more. And you hold on to it for long extended periods of time when you really should move on from it. You put yourself in an emotional prison when you don't emotionally detach from that thing that's hurting you, from that thing that's tormenting you, from that thing that's causing you to be emotionally and mentally damaged. You do a disservice to yourself by not emotionally detaching from the thing that is hurting you. I just learned that this year, and I'm 43 years old. But we all crave and desire to be loved. And I used to think that nobody cared about me. And I thought that because I was never invited to anything. A baby shower, a birthday party, a trip somewhere, a dinner. I just was not invited. When it came to, when it came to things that were intimate, I was never invited. But then I started seeing that here and there, I was invited to things. I was invited to the baby shower. I was invited to the birthday party. I was invited to the wedding. 
I was invited to go to the movies. I was invited to see the play. I was invited to the girls' night out. And then I said, oh, I said, oh, people do care about me. I had, I had a distorted perception in my mind that people did not care about me. And it wasn't true. I thought it because my mother did not show me love and also because my father was not there to support me. He abandoned me. He let, my mother was a great provider, but she was a bad parent. And she made the same mistake over and over again. What do I mean by that? I have five siblings. My mother has six children in total. And she made the same mistake with all six kids. How do you, different time frames, make the same mistake over and over again. It's beyond me. I don't even want the personal experience to even find out. Because what I don't like is for a life lesson to repeat itself and hurt even worse every time it repeats itself. So I don't want to know how she made the same mistake during different time periods over and over and over, six times. I don't want to know. I don't want that personal experience. But I will say that it baffled me. But when I saw her show love to a man, I knew that she had that, that chemical to express love. I don't know why she never showed it to her kids. I don't know why she never showed it to her friends. I don't know why she never showed it to her family members. Only thing I know is she's more than capable to show it to a man. That's why I say the things that people do when they get into a relationship with somebody, like the way that they are single is completely different from how they are when they're in a relationship. It's two different people. I remember sitting in a class. I don't know what was the class that I was taking. Uh, I was getting a home health day certification. And there was a woman there. I loved her accent. I thought she was just the nicest woman. But she was very masculine and manly and rough. I thought that she was that way all the time. And I wonder what type of man had sex with her that she had children. Then one day I bumped into her in, in like just a public area. And she was talking to a man and she was very soft. And she was very feminine. And she was very attentive. It was like a completely different person. And I was like, I remember being shocked. And I said to someone that I know, I was like, that was a completely different purpose. She, she was a completely different person. She was very soft and feminine. And the girl said to me, oh, well, of course she would be. How else was she would have been? So I said to the girl, my friend, I said, I expected her to be the same way that she was in class. And the girl kept quiet. My friend kept quiet. But then it dawned on me that she was the same way. Masculine, single, and feminine in a relationship. Ain't that something? Anyhow, I still have... I, have, I still have needs to be loved. But it's not as intense as it was before. And what changed was that I saw that people 
really did care about me. I saw that people really did like me. I saw that people admired things about me. And that fulfilled a piece of that void that I had needed to be filled as far as love goes. I also know that God loves me. He gives me a spiritual love. But then there's a human love that's different from God's love. Like God's love is pure, it's spiritual, it's non-judgmental, so to speak. Um, but it's also like a spiritual parent's love. That's the best way that I can describe it. But a human love is a different type of intimacy, depending on who the person is. Your child will give you a type of intimacy, and that's love. You know, like from a parent to a child, or rather, a child to a parent. Your friends love you in like the friend kind of love way. Um, your spouse will love you in an intimate kind of way. That usually translates to sex. So that's the type of love that needs to be fulfilled at this point is the love from a man. It's the love from a man. Then my love tank will be full. But other than that, I don't have belonging needs. Like I don't need to belong to a crowd or group, a segment. Um, because I know that I'm chosen and set apart. And so I don't need to fit in. I've never fit in anywhere. In childhood, friends, in school, in high school, in middle school, I never fit in. In church, I never fit in. In my neighborhood, I never fit in. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it because people are fucked up. And I don't want the stress. So I'm okay with it. I'm okay with not fitting in. So I don't have belonging needs. But the point of it all, and I'm going to I'm gonna go, because your cousin need a cup of coffee. Um, the point of it all, this entire podcast, is to simply just become more self-aware. Um, when you hurt someone, um, you beat someone, which is hurt, they won't trust you. And as a result of them not trusting you, mentally, emotionally, financially, spiritually or physically or psychologically as a result of them not trusting you when you have those important moments in your life they won't be there when you have a child they won't be there you graduate college they won't be there you start a business they won't be there you get an award for whatever humanitarianism whatever running, you know, the department at your job, they won't be there. Your wedding, they won't be there. Your bachelorette or bachelor party, they won't be there. The death 
of a loved one, they won't be there. That's how you'll know that you've hurt them and they don't trust you. If you watch them be there for other people in all sorts of areas, but they're not there for you, and you've extended the olive branch 100 million times, and they keep throwing that olive branch into fire, the issue is you. If you are in my shoes where you deal with people who have dealt with childhood traumas, I say to you, it's not their fault. They're not self-aware. They don't know that they're treating you the way that they've treated their parents. You have to bring it to their attention and let them sit with themselves so that they can rectify their mistake. They need to self-correct. And really, they need to extend an apology as well. And so that's what I have wanted to come on and say to you guys. You can research childhood emotional neglect through Google. I always say um, YouTube is your BFF and Google is your bae. Research it. Research emotional attachment, detachment, and um, get, get yourself some clarity. All right? I love you guys, and until next time, shalom.